When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. In the pregame show here ahead of Geelong against Essendon uh, for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club for all your tiling needs in stock now. Jordan Canellis with you and Brenton Sanderson is with us for today's encounter. Brenton, good afternoon. How are you going? Yeah, good afternoon. I'm great. It's great to be here. Um, you know, the MCG Saturday afternoon, beautiful Melbourne day and two good sides. This is this is going to hopefully be four great games in a row. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, to this match and, and today's slate of games. It's a, it is a super Saturday. We're just talking to you off there a moment ago. How has the, the pre-season been for you now? You've been able to relax a little? Yeah, it's, I actually feel great. Like I, This is the first time out of the coach's box for 15 years for me. So coming to the football as a fan is unique, but I'm, I'm in a really good headspace. I'm really enjoying watching the footy. There is a slight bit of agitation, though, because there is an enormous excitement around round one as, as a football club uh, because you train against each other the whole summer and you have a couple of maybe pre-season games against another team. But today's the day you really find out where you're at because you've, you've had different strategies. You've you know, potentially toyed with some tweaks to your game plan. Um, you've drafted some really exciting young kids. But today's the day where you really get to test it all out. So there's, there, there will be some some anxiety with both teams today. And we've, we've, we've seen that in the first three games. They've been top shelf. They've been three absolute rippers. Um, and I'm sure we'll get the same today. These are these are two teams, almost, you know, Essendon on the, on, on the way up. They've... They've had a year of growth under Ben Rutten and they were fantastic last year. They were so exciting to watch and they um, they played some great young kids last year. They've had another couple today. Uh, and Geelong probably the other way. They've been chips in for um, for probably the last 10 years. They keep adding free agents. Uh, really good squad. I mean, there's so much talent in this Geelong side. But we saw last year that they ran out of gas. They got to the finals. Those ageing bodies weren't able to get them over the line, unfortunately. But... They go again. They've, they've they've got a game style which which gets them to September, uh, and the question is now after the last 10 years, um, you know, since their last premiership, does that game style hold up in September now against against the top two or three teams? You speak of the anxiety leading into into round one and hoping that everything you've you've planned for is you know exe- is executed well in in practice. When you when you actually get to the match and the way that a round one match plays out, how different is it just from round one to then the rest of the season and, and the actual gameplay. Well, it certainly does take a little while just to, I mean, get your chemistry right as a, as a, as a, as a 22. And, I mean, both teams have got some younger players who haven't played much with, with the elite squad. So we'll see a little bit of just, I guess, feeling each other out, making sure that their system's up to the speed that they want. Uh, but it, you're right, it does take three or four weeks. And we heard, we heard Chris Scott earlier talk about if Geelong aren't playing well after four weeks, they're not going to change their game style. He said that he said that only only half an hour ago in the pregame that he's got a system which he believes in and the players believe in, and regardless of whether they play well, and they 
they didn't play well last week against the Gold Coast in their last preseason game. They got they got embarrassed up there in the Gold Coast. So a little bit of uh, I guess nervous tension would be with the players today. You know, does our game style still stand up? And this is a really exciting young Essendon side. So. Um, as I said, it's going to be an, it's going to be a really interesting game, and I'm sure we're going to have some fun calling it. Absolutely, the, uh, the the tail off at the back end of last season. You mentioned there was a few injuries as well to uh, to factor into that. Tom Stewart missed the last few weeks, which is a, a hugely important cog in that defence. People have been saying for years, and, and detractors of Geelong have said, "Oh, they're too old; they won't be able to go on." And for most of that duration of that criticism, they've they've proved the haters wrong. They've made finals. They've gone pretty deep. Made a grand final a couple of years ago. At what point, though, does age actually start to really affect them? Will it? Or are these the kinds of players... Uh, you know, is Joel Selwood's the kind of player? Is Patrick Dangerfield is still at a, at a good level and a decent age? But are they the sorts of players who will just play good football regardless of, of their age or their fitness level? Well, I think what will happen is Geelong will have to manage their, their key players who are 30-plus. And there is, a, there, there, there is a lot of them. The, the media are, are very... Um, I guess we've been a little bit outspoken about it, about, about their age, and the players would absorb a little bit of that, but, um, you know, Isaac Smith, 33, Selwood, 33, Higgins, 34, Hawkins, 33. There's, they're, they're, they're great players, though. They're A-graders, but, you know, can they play this game style with the speed of the game in the modern game? Can they sustain that for 25 weeks? Probably not. So it's maybe more like a, a soccer, you know, EPL you know, European football type scenario where you don't pick your best squad every week. Maybe you have to manage your team. You know, maybe maybe Dangerfield plays five games out of six or, you know, seven games out of eight. He maybe doesn't play on the five-day, six-day breaks, you know. So I think Chris Scott's got to manage his team this year and we've seen um, we've seen him do that in the past as well. But, um, yeah, we unfortunately for the Geelong fans listening, last year they felt like they were the best team in it but didn't win the flag. They just limped to September, unfortunately. And like you said, injuries, they look tired, they look sore. Um, two, two COVID interrupted seasons with hubs and stuff, which are not ideal, you know, players away from families and things like that. So we hopefully get a bit of a, a bit more clean air this year and the opportunity to see footy at its best for, for the next six or seven months. Do you think we'll see, there was probably a generation of lost players at the Cats, good players as well, who have now left. Charlie Constable has, has departed. He's gone to the Suns. Uh, Jordan Clark at Fremantle. Quinton Narkel's still there. Um, but do you reckon, so you, you mentioned sort of the, the changing of the squad. Will there be a more concerted effort to bring in younger players this season? We'll see Sam DeConing play game number two today. Cooper Stevens has big raps on him. He's an emergency today, but I, I reckon we'll see a bit of him. Will we see the next generation of Cats come in this season? I think we have to. And I think if you look back to the Geelong Premiership era, um, the Stephen Wells building of the side through early draft picks, you know, guys like Joel Corey, James Kelly, Steve Johnson, Paul Chapman, Jimmy Bartell, um, they haven't done that. They haven't done that in the last six or seven years. They've felt like they're so close. They've topped up with free agents. Um, guys like Dow House, Higgins, Cameron. Um, uh, so I think, I think this year it's almost like we've got to make sure we keep blooding these young kids. You mentioned Narkel, who's in emergency today. Um, you know, Duncan's not out there today. Rowan's not out there today. Um, you know, two more experienced players. Uh, so it's... It's, it's the time for Geelong to, to have a look at some of these young kids and blood them in with, with some of those experienced players who are obviously still in their prime, but as we've mentioned, they probably have to have a more of a managed season than what, the, what they've had in the past. And for Essendon, let's have a look at them briefly as well. We'll delve in a little deeper throughout the pregame, but I guess the thing that stands out the most, the most 
attractive part of the Bombers' side is their midfield. Where does the Essendon midfield sit among the midfield groups in the competition? I love it. I think it's I think it's excellent, and they're young. That's and that's the thing that excites me about the Bombers. And uh, they've probably still got a little bit of work to do with their forward line. I think they probably rely too much on Peter Wright, especially today. Stringer's out, so can can Peter Wright be the be the guy that kicks three or four and they get goals from the midfield? But when you've got Merritt, McGrath, Parrish, Langford, Cox, Caldwell, Shield. That's a very, very good midfield, and they're probably going to play another five or six or seven years together, which is which is quite scary. So, um, yeah, we'll, we saw the emergence of Parrish last year. Uh, he got close to winning the Brownlow. He had such a good season for a, for a 22, 23-year-old. So uh, the, the, the growth is still there for this Essendon midfield, and it's, it's going to be exciting to see him play. Absolutely. We'll uh, talk a bit more about Essendon in the course of the pre-game. Got a couple of special guests coming up, including... Uh, Kevin Sheedy, who will be with us a little later on. That's the voice of Brenton Sanderson. Our experts address thanks to Ringers Western. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city and toughs it out on the land. We're here today from the MCG for AFL Nation. Our uh, broadcast will bring you every game this season. We've got a triple header coming up today. The uh, Battle of the Bridge later on, the Giants and the Swans. And then Brisbane and Port Adelaide will be a magnificent way to finish off this Saturday. Calling every game this weekend. You can watch every game as well. Your team, every game, every round on KO Sports. As I have a look out to the MCG, it's a lovely sunbathed Saturday afternoon, not a cloud in the sky. A lot of Essendon players out in the field right now going through their warm-ups. In fact, most of the team, there's about, uh, about seven or eight Geelong players down at the city end going through a few light drills as well, doing their warm-ups for Ream. Ask your plumber to install a Ream steady, hot and strong. This is AFL Nation for Kubota, shaping and building Australia and for New Farm, Australian through and through. We'll be taking calls all weekend on the Kogan open line. Make the call, switch to Kogan Mobile from $2.90 for 30 days with a big 20 gig uh, uh, with a big 20 gig of data make sure you jump on to Kogan we'll take a break, we'll come back on the other side of this and continue the pre-game in the lead up to Geelong and Essendon AFL Nation the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles Australia's best, Jordan Canellis and Brenton Sanderson with you in the lead up to this Geelong versus Essendon match, part of the Powercore Country Festival, the country game now which has been in action in the AFL for a handful of years and has been a great initiative uh, someone who can tell us a bit more about this initiative is Danielle Green, the Parliamentary Secretary for Regional Victoria. She's with us here on AFL Nation. Good afternoon, Danielle. How are you? Oh, good afternoon. There's nowhere better to be in Melbourne or Victoria than the G today. And it's when the country's come to Melbourne. It's outstanding. It's it's a real atmosphere out there on the uh, on the concourse outside the G. There's uh, great activities. How how good is it to see some of those activities out there at, out in front of uh, gates three and four? Oh, look, it's just wonderful. We've just missed the atmosphere, haven't we? And and you know, so many country people haven't seen their city cousins, and um, it's really the country game is just a great way for us all to get together. And as a fitting tribute to the thousands of volunteers behind Victoria's hundreds of regional football and netball clubs and those that have fed the greats onto, onto the G. A lot, of, uh, a lot of AFL football is, uh, is played in, in the big cities, in the, in the big stadiums. So how important is it then for country footy and for regional areas around the nation and around Victoria specifically today to have this kind of presence uh, at an AFL match? Oh look, I think this is—it's—it's it's really important, and it's—and it's a tribute to. Look, I'm an unashamed Essendon supporter, but you know the Geelong, the Geelong um, supporters—they were quite kind and nice on the train. But it's a real tribute to, you know, Essendon great Kevin Sheedy, because you know it was his concept. 
any, many of the marquee games have all been as down to um, Kevin's, you know, amazing brain. And um, it, it, we're now in our sixth year. That's the Victorian government sponsoring the SEN uh, Match Day radio broadcast of the annual game, and it's, it's come forward a bit earlier. Um, but, you know, between Essendon and Geelong, allowing us to show our continued support for the country games. Before I let you go, Danielle, how much has it grown over those years? Oh, look, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, it, it, it helps regional Victoria not just to show that uh, we've produced some of the best footy players like, you know, Gary Ablett or Joel Selwood. It also produces some of the best produce in the world. And so footy fans today are able to get a taste of some of this great produce at the, the farmer's market before the game from our small-scale producers like Schultz's Dairy and Tim Boone to our big manufacturers like McCain's in Ballarat. Regional Victoria really is a foodie heaven. And I suppose that I hope that the footy fans seeing all this great country produce and country living examples uh, in, at Yarra Park today, it uh, encourages them to get out there and, and visit uh, our regions, you know, who really want tourists to come back, but also to have a think about, you know, regional Victoria is a great place to live, to work, to invest, uh, to raise your family. And uh, and we're also getting very excited about the potential of us having been successful with the regional Commonwealth Games bid. Danielle, uh, I'm, it's amazing to see what's going on out there, actually. There's a heap of activities, the local produce, as you said. It's a great atmosphere for anyone coming into the game. Pop around to Gates 3 and 4 to check it out. A pleasure having a chat today to you, Danielle, and good luck to you and your Bombers in this match. Thanks, Jordan. Go Bombers. <laughs> Danielle Green with us, the Parliamentary Secretary for Regional Victoria. Jordan Canellis and Brenton Sanderson with you about half an hour away from the start of this country match, Geelong and Essendon. A quick look back to last night's game, though, Brenton, uh, with, uh, well, who made the job look easy for Kennard's hire? They make your job look easy. Call your local branch today. Collingwood got the win in the end, 17-point winners, 102 to 85 over the Saints. But the, the last quarter was all eyes were on St Kilda and how they were coming home strong. Yeah, really proud of the way that Collingwood were able to just stick to it last night, you know, Obviously, St Kilda just came with that three or four goal rush and um, you could sense the anxiety. And there was one person I looked to straight away on the field and that was Scott Pendlebury. And you could see how calm he was. He's an exceptional leader and his ability to be able to, well, first of all, put himself back in the centre bounce. Um, and he's such a calming, uh, I guess, nature across that, that group. He was able to sort of steady the ship and you could see as soon as some of their leaders got their hands on the footy, they were able to, I guess, calm the tempo. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic effort by, I thought, the leaders of Collingwood last night to stand up when it really mattered. And that, and that was obviously um, another fantastic game in a great last quarter. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I mean, the Saints were coming home strong, but Collingwood, they had to dig their heels in, didn't they? There was a lot of, uh, a lot of very intense defence in that last quarter for the Pies. And just when you thought the Saints were going to break through, there was a a timely smother or a deflection. It was just all those little one percenters that built up for the Pies. Yeah, there was. And I thought what changed the momentum was that Darcy Moore, when he looked like he was going to mark the ball on the goal line yep. and it missed his hands altogether and went through for a goal, <laughs> um, St Kilda scored three or four goals in a row then and quickly. And you could sense that there was a slight bit of panic in the Collingwood 22. But as I said, the leadership um, of, of, of Penderbury was, was excellent. Some of those young kids um, obviously stood up in that last two or three minutes, which was excellent. I thought Brodie Grundy's last quarter was really impressive as well. He 
he was fantastic in the ruck and around the ground with some, some really key contest wins after not a not a not an amazing game by any means but his last quarter was was really influential um so some really positive signs last night for both teams but i think collingwood would obviously walk away with the four points but feeling you know, a little, a little bit of uh, confidence leading into this season with uh, with what we saw last night. Yeah, it wouldn't have felt easy out there, but they certainly made it look easy in the end. The Pies, with a near three goal win for Ken Artire, make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken oath today. We'll be taking calls all weekend on the Kogan open line. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile for two dollars ninety for thirty days with a big twenty gig of data. Uh, quick look at the weather for today. I've uh, mentioned a couple of times on the Kubota cast for Kubota. Uh, together we are shaping and building Australia. 29 degrees is the top today. It's about 25 at the moment. Perfectly clear skies, pristine conditions, slight uh, cool breath of air that's rolling around the MCG. I got a, a, a nice little uh, feel of that before when it's uh, blew through the open window here in the com box. So it's really lovely conditions out there at the moment at the MCG for Kubota, shaping and building Australia. We'll take a break here on AFL Nation. On the other side of this, we'll have a chat to Kevin Sheedy. The AFL Nation pre-game show for Beaumont Isles, Australia's best. Today is the country match. Geelong and Essendon, a part of the PowerCore Country Festival, celebrate Country Victoria at the MCG. There's uh, a few pre-game ceremonies that are just commencing down at ground level at the moment. A few uh, country servicemen and women have come out. The SES and the CFA and the like have uh, unfurled a giant Australian flag in the centre square of, uh, of the MCG and uh, going through a few... Uh, pre-game ceremony, uh, ceremonial uh, pieces in the pre-game here at the MCG. Let's have a chat to the man who put all of this together, one of the great figures of Australian football, three-time premiership player, four-time premiership coach. Kevin Sheedy is with us on AFL Nation. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Very happy to see that flag out there with the SES. I do a marvellous service for our nation. Obviously, with our bushfires of recent years and now with the flood, so... Uh, the day is all about, you know, Australia keeping together after and under difficult times. And um, this game will be a great game like Dreamtimes. How far has this concept of, uh, of the country game and the country festival come from the time that you, you masterminded it together a couple of years ago, Kevin? Well, COVID's actually given them a little bit of a whack, but um, I think, you know, the last time I think we played here at the MCU was about 60-odd thousand. I think we can get back into that ballpark. Um, if I said you're right now, we're well ahead of where the early days of Dreamtime were. And Dreamtime last before COVID was 85,000. So I think that people will get to love it, warm to it, and the connection between the city and the country people will um, will really be fantastic. How, how important is it? I asked this question a bit earlier. We spoke about this before, but um, but to have, I mean, most AFL footy is played in, in the big cities. We get a couple of regional games here and there, but to have the country connected to the AFL in the big cities, how important is that element of, uh, of footy and regional Victoria and Australia? Uh, yeah, that's uh, very important. Uh, when I was coaching this night, my team's all around the whole of Australia. And uh, just to make sure that this is becoming the Australian club, not just the Victorian club, and we've got that sort of right, I think. We've got a fantastic uh, supporter base now around the, the nation. And uh, what we need to keep wanting to do is these 20 games with Anzac Day Dreamcom and the Power Core Country Festival 
are, are going to be connectors for our young people coming through. That they can learn a lot quicker than what I was learning when um, I was a, a teenager and, and probably my you know nine, tenth, and twelfth year. Kevin, we've uh, we've started the new season now, three games into 2022. Uh, how much have you seen, and how much have uh, has impressed you so far through the first three games? You know, watched the three games. I've really enjoyed them. Um, I think St Kilda probably last night with five out was a damn good performance against the Magpies. Uh, I think that um, Blues look very good. I think they're really going to be a very good side in the next two to three years, which is great for the Carlton supporters. And I think um, I think Melbourne and Footscray, well, I mean, from the point of view, Melbourne look like they haven't lost much. Probably put a good young side together last year. And... Um, all logs are going to sit back and work out how they're going to get back in that ballpark and get to another grand final and beat them. So there's a lot of lot of planning and work to be done by these clubs. Yeah. And then today's game, Geelong and Essendon. I think Mick Malthouse in the well, pre-season tipped the Bombers to win the flag. But the Bombers, what are your hopes for, for Essendon this season? I, I think Essendon will be two years building more. I think, I think these young kids will need another 30, 40, 50 games. And I would be expecting somewhere in 2024-5, we'll have a damn good side. Kevin Brenton Sanderson here. Thanks for your time. Who, who kicks Brenton. the goals today for the Bombers? We, we've got we've got Jake Stringer obviously out of the side. Who who can you see standing up today for for the Bombers? Look, it is, it is awkward uh, for us to get the goal power. We don't have a Jeremy Cameron or Hawkins, um, so we're going to have to you know manifest goals from everybody. If you've got sort of four or five players and kick two to three goals, and you're going to get 12 to 15, sort of. And I think that's the best way we can. I mean, big Peter up there, you know, Peter, he's... Uh, he, look, it's a perfect day for him, isn't it? Really. Yeah, well, he's, he really has to stand up today, doesn't he? And what about yeah. with the Cats, Kevin? Is, do, oh, do, do you buy into the... Do you, do you buy into the age debate? Are they, are they too old? Not if you keep leaving some young players in to the team and the, and the squad over the next sort of 10 or 12 weeks. So you've got to put them in now to see what you've got. And I always get to run another kid or two in. And um, it, it keeps everybody on their the club. It's noisy when you get dropped and you probably just might have had a quiet one or two quiet ones. I said, well, bad luck. I don't want to try, you know. Miss Harris or Brown, and, um, and that's why I always kept injecting players into it. I mean, you know, 1982, I saw a team photo out of Windy Hill the other week, and I dropped 28 players off the list in, in one year. Yeah. Yeah, and we won, <laughs> the, we won a grand final. A, a quick three. one, Kevin, on... A quick one, Kevin, on, uh, on Darcy Parrish, who had a, a great season last year. Um, yeah. Got a lot more attention in the second half of the season, obviously, given his good form. But to back it up now at the elite level for a second year in a row, what will it take for Darcy Parrish to keep that level uh, up to a, a lofty standard this season? Well, a, fear, a fierce amount of grit and determination. But, I mean, that's what the standard of AFL is. It's an incredible game. This is why I thought of Bartlett. He played great every year. He didn't worry about what came out. He just kept building on his game. And, you know, like the goal was that he played 22 games a year, Kevin Bartlett. I mean, I got challenged by Peter Lee a couple of weeks ago. How could you say Bartlett's that much better than Dusty? I said, well, because he is. <laughs> 22 games a year, every year. 
779 gold, 778 points or something. Oh, my, that's 16, you know, 15, 16, 100-something gold. So players that stay and have stamina, you just keep building on your game. And, and, and that's that's exactly what we're going to see with Buddy Franklin this year, isn't it? He's going to kick a 1,000 goals and may still play even next year. So that's an incredible performance, you know. Just near the persistence is what gets you there in the end, overcoming the challenges other clubs put on you. Kevin, it's always an honour to speak to you, and uh, and especially when it's on a day of, of one of your great creations, this time at the Country Footy Festival. Thank you very much for joining us in this pre-game, and, uh, and enjoy the match today. Thank you very kindly. Kevin Sheedy with us, the, one of the greatest figures of the game for the Power, Power Core Country Festival. Uh, celebrate Country Victoria at the MCG. Jordan Canellis and Brenton Sanderson with you. Um, Brenton, part of that discussion there, the Essendon forward line. What's your take on the forward line? We'll see Peter Wright up there and Kane Baldwin will make his debut as a key forward. Well, it does concern me today. It, uh, it's, it's a challenge for them to win today without Stringer down there, I feel. And they're going to have to rely on creating turnovers and scoring in their front half. And some of those midfielders just have to kick goals today. Maybe even some of their high defenders because I don't think the Bombers can rely on Peter Wright to kick more than sort of two or three. I think that's probably where um, a good game sits for him. And, you know, Geelong is so good at getting that extra number back, extra two or three numbers back at times. So I think Peter Wright needs one-on-one -on -one targets today. And I just don't think he gets them against Geelong unless they can force turnovers in their front half. So for me, it's the only concern today for the Bombers. They're going to try and play fast. They're going to try and get the ball in there quickly. Geelong just do not let you do that. Yep, and there's concern as well even over the, the smalls department in their forward line with no Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. So there'll be more importance and more responsibility uh, that will lie on the shoulders of Devin Smith. And we might even see Braden Ham up there, who I think is... Uh, He's been listed anyway as a small forward. Yeah, Ham, Smith, Perkins, they're very good players, but they're not going to kick a winning score on their own, those guys, with, along, along with Peter Wright. So we look with anticipation at Baldwin, the first gamer, 193 centimetres, uh, key forward, but he's going to take time. We, we rarely see a young key forward come in and dominate in his first season or two. So, yeah, there's a lot on the shoulders today of Peter Wright. The opening bout's not far away now from the MCG. AFL Nation for Kubota. It starts in about 10 minutes from now. 32. It is glorious at the MCG. It is a hot sunny day, not a cloud and a clear blue sky. Geelong and Essendon coming together in a celebration of country and they will go through a joint banner to get things underway. Both captains Joel Selwood and Dyson Heppel lead their teams through and then into the warm-ups. The Cats have been a top 14 perennially. Essendon on the rise and looking in this season to break that drought and finally win a game in September and advance further than an elimination final. Those are the broad terms, the narrow. Essendon have to find a way to conjure their goals without four of their five leading goal kickers from last season. And all eyes on what change might look like in the Geelong game plan, whether they might be more instinctive and quick and give their twin forwards the chances that Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins would seem to command. So much intrigue. The crowd is on the build. If this was a day of the test match in December, you'd be thrilled to be coming out. So she's nice and hot for those out in the middle. So much so that there's a bit of zinc 
out there. Young Nick Martin's got zinc smeared all over his face as if he might spend the day at first slip. Jared Waitley and Jordan Canellis for you. 15 years in the coach's box, now into the broadcast box, Brenton Sanderson. Sando, hello. Hello, Jared. It's great to be here. Like you said, it's it feels like finals weather. I mean, this... and I. I love the round one game. I just love the anticipation. I said to Jordan earlier that the anticipation of having a summer against yourself when you're playing all these practice matches internally, today's the day you know. You find out today against a good opposition, uh, where exactly do you sit? So some, some anxiety today in the coach's box uh, for both teams, I'm sure. I did quite love it. Is in crunch time we spoke with both coaches and Ben Rutten gave us the, oh, the scent in the nostrils and to get here and to be so excited his second year and Chris Scott after 11 years said uh, he always feels the dread and the nerves arriving sure. at round one to find out whether it's all worked or not uh, it's it's so true because you just don't know you honestly you watch your squad you fall in love with your team and you think I mean you have so much um positive energy around your club when you're not actually playing and then today one of these teams will lose and one will win and that's the the team that wins will will obviously rave about the way that they played and but um, it's a long season and you can't draw too much out of round one except about the energy at the contest. So what you're most nervous about today as a coach is all of that uh, contested ball, crash and bash style, that blue collar type of game style that, that Ben Rutten's talked about he wants to decide to play. Um, are we going to see that in, in this round one fixture? Teams are as selected. The subs for Geelong, Francis Evans, and for Essendon, Tom Cutler. They're the medical subs heading towards it. But otherwise, they, uh, they are as they were announced on Thursday night. Uh, so into it we go. If we delve a little bit, what's, uh, what are the decisive factors in, in your mind for, for either side this afternoon? Well, first of all, I want to see exactly what you said, Jared. Are Geelong going to maintain that same game style? They have been a defence-first team um, under Chris Scott. They've always finished in the top two or three with their defensive numbers. Now, part of that is they play so many home, uh, uh, home games at Cadinia Park, which is where they love to defend. It's This this ground is harder for them because it's a circle. It's wider. Uh, it's harder to play the system they want defensively. But um, number two defensively last year, number seven in offence, and coming off a 16-win, six-loss season. But they ran out of gas. So... We have all the veterans in today. We have that 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 ageing midfield, which is still all A-listers. We have, you know, Hawkins and Higgins, 33 and 34 years of age in their forward line. How are they going to play? Are they going to play with more speed today? Because we know they love to get their numbers back, play that defence-first scheme, try and create turnovers and then go back fast the other way. Now, if they don't go fast, the Cats, they are the slowest team in the AFL, ranked 18 at going from their D50 to their forward 50 when you talk about um, the time that it takes to get there. That can frustrate those forwards. So we look at Cameron and um, Hawkins, two of the best forwards in the competition. They want the ball in there fast. But Geelong, over the last couple of seasons, we've seen them move the ball so wide, so slow. So I expect a, li a little bit more speed on the game today from the Cats. And, I mean, we all fell in love with that young Bombers side last year, that, that uh, excitement, the way that they moved the ball confidently down the field. Um, number four in offence last year for points scored. And that's, as you said, Gerard, with so many goal scorers out from, um, from their side last year, I'm just not sure where those goals come from today. They did struggle a bit defensively as well last year. They weren't in the top eight last year for their defensive numbers. Um, and the other thing which I'm looking forward to is it's the young team versus the older team. Zero players have played 200 games or more for, for Essendon. This is a very young team. 
nine players for the Cats have played 200 plus. So it's the old versus the young today. It's it's scripted to be an absolute ripper. What's the strategic tension in Geelong choosing to go faster out of the defensive setup? So what that they play? I think the number is they they play in the fewest uh, the games with the fewest turnovers. Yeah. So they look to avoid turnover at all cost. And yet, turnover footy is very much in vogue. They play football like with a soccer strategy, Jared. So if you can picture when you're watching a game of soccer, that's, uh, the team will just flood all their numbers back in their defensive half. They'll almost invite you to kick the ball into their forward half, and then they'll create the out number and then try and slingshot it back going the other way against you. So that's, that's the game style that Geelong wants. Now, the reason they do go slow is because they've got so many numbers committed behind the ball that when they win it, they've actually got no one to kick it to. So the thing that frustrates our Geelong listeners and our Geelong supporters is Geelong's high forwards spend more time in their back half than their front half. So it's a frustration from the fans, and we see so many teams now stay with six forwards actually ahead of the ball, whereas Geelong have relied so much on those players, um, you know, like Dow House, um, like Bradley Close, like uh, like Myers, who's not playing today, but getting so far up the ground, they're not playing as forwards, they're actually playing as defenders. So will we see a change in system, or a, a, almost a change in structure today from the Cats? That's that's what I'm looking for today. Would you, if it was yours, would you take the risk with Cameron Hawkins and now Stengel up front? Would you take the risk of getting scored against more to yes. score more? Yes, and it's controversial comment, Jared, but... I don't. I think Geelong, with the squad they've got, they're set up backwards. There's so much talent ahead of the ball. Dangerfield, Hawkins, Cameron. They need to get more ball in there and faster. I don't. I don't like the the slow, sideways, careful ball movement down back when you've got so many great players ahead of the ball and 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 through your midfield. So when you look at their speed, well, I mean Isaac Smith on the wing, Cam Guth uh, Guthrie is such an underrated midfielder in the competition. What, I just think Geelong need to go faster. It's as simple as that. And we need to get... Uh, they, they, they need to get more ball in their front half quicker. Simple. And it's a good afternoon for it. it is Essendon are still building their defensive integrity. They, they put it together a group that had played very little footy together last year, so they've had the one season at it. And they don't have their weapons up front. So notionally, if you try it today and you turn it over, there should be a lower risk of getting scored against with just the personnel that are in place. Spot on. I think you'll see today, at times it'll feel like Essendon are hitting a tennis ball against a brick wall where they're going to be kicking the ball inside forward 50, it's going to come back out. Kick the ball back inside forward 50, it's going to come back out. That's just the way you have to be patient against Geelong. You have to take your opportunities. You can't bomb it in. You have to lower your eyes. You have to look for those little short 15-metre, 20-metre kicks, almost almost uh, change angles on Geelong, mate. Like... They commit so many players down the line. You have to keep changing the angle of the ball coming inside their forward 50. So will we see something creative today? We've talked about the, uh, the uh, enormous responsibility today for Peter Wright. Um, he's going to be their focal point. Can, we get their, can they get their crummers? Can they get those players like Ham and Smith, um, Perkins, um, Caldwell? I really like him as a young player. They've just got to get to the feet of those contests today and try and try and half the contest, keep the ball in their front half and, and see if they can score. Will it take a bit of lateral thinking as well from Essendon being creative going inside 50? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I think there has to be something creative today. You, you don't want to get caught in a you know 50-point to 55-point game today. I think Essendon will try and put speed on the game early and see if they can 
they can knock over the Cats early. And but it, Geelong just don't let you score. It's as simple as that. It's I think if if Essendon can score more than 80 points, they win. Um, if Geelong can keep Essendon to less than 80 points, I think they win. Simple as that. Joel Selwood won the toss. The Cats to kick to the punt road end in the opening term as players fan out to their position. So a tip, Brenton Sanderson, as we get ourselves set. Oh, I just think the Cats today, I think there's too much experience, but I'm, I'm, I think we're going to see some really exciting play from the Bombers today. And whether they win or lose, I think the future is so bright for the Bombers. Brenton Sanderson for Shawl Unify. Uniform experts, our AFL Nation coverage is for Kubota, shaping and building Australia. It's about a half full MCG. It's not an overwhelming number of people on such a, a glorious afternoon. This country fixture to begin the seasons of Geelong and Essendon to begin. The opening bounce for tyre power, save on Kumo. Storewide super sale now on Jordan Canellis. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.